This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because the only thing I care about more than football is spicy pepperoni pizza for kickoff. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. Now that's a spicy offer. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See uber.com slash uberone for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply. There's a saying in football, be careful what you wish for. Blackburn Rovers fans wanted Sam Allardyce out and they got Steve Keane. Ended up in the third tier. Arsenal fans wanted Wenger out. They got Unai Emery. How long did he last? Man United fans wanted Oli out. They got Ralph. We wanted, if we go back far enough, Jimmy Bloomfield out. We got Frank McClintock. So they do say, be careful what you wish for, but with this clown in charge, (laughs) I don't think whoever I wished for, he could do any worse of a job than 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 we've got at the moment. So let's wish and let's see who all our guests are going to want in tonight. This is Leicester Delight TV. Thank you very much for watching. It is Who Will Replace Brendan? It's time! Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. You are watching and listening to Chris and Leicester Delight TV on YouTube and your favourite podcasts.
Well, he's proven it, but I know that uh, Brad, obviously, his footballing opinions do date back to about the 1980s. So, <laughs> like, you, you can go and, like... He, the gloves are off already. The thing is, I, 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 I do like Brad. I do like the fact that I could have a joke with him. But my, the thing is, you, you see these managers that do well in Europe and then they get that chance in the Premier League. And then everyone goes, why didn't we go for them? Why didn't we give them an opportunity? That was Pochettino doing well in Spain. He went to Southampton, smashed it, and now is one of the, the top-tier managers across Europe. Indeed, um, indeed. Well, let, let's, and- let's bring him in. Let's bring him in, in fairness. Uh, you, you know when you've got like a Rottweiler and he's straining at the least to get, <laughs> to get gone and get away? Are you ready? I'm saying, are you ready? Brad, good evening. You're you are surfing the web. Put the porn down, sir. Paul is sporting manager. Listen. Just because you don't know anything about football. Like oh, I do. I know he managed some, some B teams, Braga. I know he managed Braga, Braga's B, and he managed another Portuguese side. I also know he's only 37 and has about as much experience as managing as I do in my left toe. But uh, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I did I did do my research and I do admit he did, he did, he did do some things for sporting. I just think he's a bit too under-experienced so far for a Premier League job. But I do get what I do see he was an interesting pick. I can see why he was appealing, but he ain't your option anymore. So, uh, what, 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 what have you managed to, uh, the ginger Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we, the worrying thing is, I don't know whether it's getting to me because when you first said that a month ago, I actually spat my tea out over the computer. And now I'm actually sat there watching an interview thinking, he talks a bit of sense, but before we get onto who we want to bring in, yeah, let's get the elephant in the room out of the way. I mean, it's day 478 in the Big Brother house and nobody's evicted Brendan yet. Uh, Brad, he's, he's, he's got to go, hasn't he? Oh, you'd think that. I mean, if this was any other team, they'd be screaming blue murder. Apart from Arsenal, because Arsenal, Arsenal are top of the league winning every week and fans still want Arteta out. They're just not that brain cell between them, some of them. They're just that arrogantly blind with hatred. I mean, you know what side they'd be on if they were Sith or Jedi, wouldn't they? They'd think they're so full of hate. Um, but, yeah, most people would just go, this is a disaster. This manager can't do it anymore or isn't good enough, depending. And he'd be gone. Um, but the longer it goes on, the more, I think, less fans are going to stomach it. And whether they like it or not, which the majority don't, you know, the longer this goes on without any breaking news, might have to just sit back and, you know... Let's suck up the fact that he is in charge of Leicester still. I mean, I, I, I hate to have to admit this to Ant, but he's been a, a, a Brendan Out fan a lot longer than than us two, um, Brad. I mean, and I, I, I'm still got, I'm still getting the splinters out of my arse from sitting on the fence. Uh, to be honest with you, but last year I was prepared to give him a chance, but you cannot. St- I mean, you cannot start. Seven games, lose six, draw one, whoever you're playing. And yes, I've said we've had a hard start. We've had, you know, four of the big six, three of those are away. But it's just the manner in which we're playing, Ant. Yeah, it's 
it's like you say, seven like seven games without a win and only one point is ridiculous. And like the thing is, I went through this and I'm like, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to get some numbers up now quickly that I talked about yesterday on my channels if I can just find them. So in these games that we've played so far this season, um, so the first game of the season we went two 0 up against Brentford. And in typical Brendan Rodgers, threw away a lead, 2-2. 4-2 against Arsenal. We've never done well at going away to Arsenal, their top side. So, benefit of a doubt in that one. 2-1 to Southampton. Again, 1-0 up, throwing away a point, throwing away a lead. Uh, where are we? Chelsea, 2-1. It's a straight, Chelsea was the strangest game of the season, I think, because I think we battered Chelsea for most of that game. But just vulnerable at the back. And I know they had that red card and we played against 10 men for the majority of the game. But every time, every time, like, it was limited when Chelsea did get forward, but when they got forward, but every time they looked like they were going to score. Um, but we should have, I still stand by the point, we should have got something from that game, the amount of chances we created. Then 1-0 United, I felt like, on paper, that's not a bad score. I mean, like, you never like to lose games, but it's Man United, the money they've spent, and all of that, I think you can count for it. The thing that I felt is in that game, they never got out of first gear. And like, if if we'd put more pressure on them, I think they could have just picked up the pace of the game massively. Right until the end with the James Justin chance that he hit into about Rose Ed, we didn't create anything. So 1-0 is what it is. 5-2 to Brighton, disgraceful. And it should have been 6-2. Like that McAllister goal that was ruled out, absolute rocket, by the way. That is like what one blade of grass offside. Again, another game that we went one nil up in, and then Spurs as well six two, complete just defensive collapse. Another game that we went one nil one nil up in. At the second attempt, <laughs> feeling is bad. I was just uh, I was just on a uh, Munsey's channel, Man United fan, and uh, <laughs> I was having a huge huge argument with uh, the Arsenal fan who said the board hadn't backed Brendan, but. The actual Spurs fan, Tommy, we, we know we know Tommy, he was actually yeah. saying that before Son came on, he was worried that we might actually get something from that game. Um, but you've got a manager there that makes the right substitutions at the right time. We've got a manager that doesn't even know you can make five substitutions now. Oh, yeah, he's slowly getting there. He upped it to three this week, but... Again, you have to listen sometimes more in depth and take what's been said in, in, in an interview and listen to certain areas of it. And Madison said it. We were desperate for something from this game. We were desperate to get a result from Spurs. The fans were, the board were obviously looking, hoping to get the season off. Brandon wanted it, the players wanted it. And the problem is, had this come off, say, a 2-2 draw with Brighton, We'd have gone, oh, one of them. It was a freak result. 4-2. We had to go for it. We know we still want to get a win. Oh, it's just sod's law at the moment. It's freak. And, and I think that's what the lads meant by it was a freak result. Because let's face it, for 60 odd minutes that game, it was not a 6-2 scoreline. You know, and I know, you know, you can't you can say that all you like. It was 6-2 in the end. But at 4-2, we were so stretched and so desperate to get a result that you know it caused an even greater downfall in a team and any team, Brentford. Wolves, bloody Nottingham Forest, God, God, forget that next. But they would have done the same to us in that position, given our mm. frailties. It's just, 
when it's so dramatic a loss and you get two on the bounce, it, that's when it starts becoming indefensible for me. Because like I can't say she can maybe forgive for Chelsea. That's just that's just bad in front of goal. We were bad in front of goal that game. You can look at United and go, maybe they stopped us stepping up a gear and doing anything to help, you know, to pace it. It's not too bad. Arsenal free, you know, you can account for it. It's when you've got five, two, six, two. The only thing your brain tells you is, oh, I mean, the next one's going to be seven, two, because it goes so disastrously wrong. <laughs> well, it is looking that way. I mean, these are players, and that not so long ago won the FA Cup. And I'm sorry, you know, everybody's saying what a great man manager um, Brendan Rodgers is, what a great coach he is. I keep going back to um, uh, Robbie Savage before the Man United game, saying, oh, if it wasn't for uh, Brendan Rodgers, Leicester would be going, you know, would go down this season. Well, I think you're fine, Robbie. With Brendan Rodgers, we could go down this season. I mean, he has gone past his shelf date, hasn't he? I mean, you look at what Arteta's done at Arsenal and he has got them better slowly each year. Brendan's come in. We've got we've got fifth. And OK, I'm going to say it. The two fifth places were because Arsenal and Tottenham were shit for two seasons. <laughs> That's why we, we jumped up. We won the FA Cup thanks to VAR. But he has gradually, but we still won it. But gradually, he's got us worse every season. I'm going to... I'm, I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to defend him slightly, Miss. You can't. I don't think you can discredit his achievements just because it's gone south now. When he came in, he got us fifth because we were the fifth best team in the country at the time. We won the FA Cup. I agree. I agree. Regardless, uh, regardless of VAR, like we we won the FA Cup and huge credit to him for it. For me, the fifth will like the two top five, uh, five finishes will always have a huge asterisk under their, by them. For two reasons. The fact that they were behind closed doors for huge parts of it, so there was a lot less pressure on those players. And we've seen multiple times when there's pressure on Brendan Rodgers' players, they crumble. And that's not just a Leicester thing. Go back to his time at Liverpool, go back to his time at Swansea. But the second reason is you cannot spend 37, uh, what was it, 35 game weeks in the top four twice and not finishing it. 37, wasn't it? 37, sorry. 37 game weeks in the top four and not, not finishing it once. Like, And I don't care that people say it's ungrateful and all of that. That The way that we collapsed, particularly in that second season to Liverpool with the results against Newcastle, Southampton, like, is, is very sort of standard of what Brandon Rodgers is. He's a manager who goes very well at the start and it crashes. And it's the same everywhere that he's gone. Agree with that, Brad? Yeah, I do. I, you know, I agree with that statement that, you know, longevity in football is, is in the manager's role, is, is, is what defines a great manager. And unfortunately, we hoped, we hoped, didn't we? We really hoped that Brendan would prove everybody wrong, that he can mm -hmm. do it past three seasons. Uh, that he can continue to return and he can take that next step to become it. But there's a reason great managers are a few and far between. A reason that managers like Wenger and Alex Ferguson are very, very, you know, singled out to be talked about as, as fantastic managers because it's not that easy to do. And unfortunately, it seems like, as most managers get with these days, 
Brendan's now hit that point where he's um, well, he's maybe starting to go a bit mouldy with fans, and he's probably not the way he was hoping to see his last tenure come to an end here. But seemingly, that's how it's going to end. I think he came back in to resurrect his career, and he's done nothing but bury it deeper into the ground. Uh, well, no, because like said there. Andrew said no, there, you know, what he managed at Celtic was because there was no Rangers. Not that he was brilliant. You know, any one of us three could have done that at Celtic at that time. And as the Red says here, you know, look at every football club, it goes stale. That's not to say they're bad managers, it just goes stale at that point. Well, I think Alex very... Ferguson was at sorry, guy, I want to finish it. Alex Ferguson was at Man United, God knows how many years. It never really went stale there. And you can't say, well, yes, he had the money to buy these players because the squad that he won the league with the following season, David Moyes didn't. So that's the difference. And I want to, I'll come to you with this one, Ant. This great man manager that um, apparently Rogers is, uh, is picking favourites. We know he's got favourites. You know, he's saying that he won't pick Soyuncu, he won't pick Vestergaard, or right, that's a different matter, maybe. He won't pick Pratt because um, they're, they're, they're not committed to the club. And yet he sticks Tillemans in the game every week, even when he's playing awful. He, he He's now having to come out and say, well, actually, I didn't mean what I said about Soyuncu and Amati because they're still at the club. He's, he's a, a walking disaster. Yeah, he's a walking contradiction. Like. Mm. It's, That's the word. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the thing is, he's with Sientu, and this is where I put Brendan Rogers's man management. I think it's an absolute myth. For me, if there's a player like Sientu, and we've seen that he's a very good player, fair enough, he wants to leave. I understand that. But a, someone who's got brilliant man management skills will put an arm around Sientu and get the best out of him for this season and then let him move. Because I think for. It's best for Leicester if we get the best out of Sionchu for the year that he's here. And it's best for, obviously, uh, Sionchu and himself to get that better move. But Brendan Rodgers' ego won't allow players back in. Mm. Indeed. I mean, before we get on to sort of the new managers uh, and, and we'll go through the list and you've got your favourites, obviously. Um, I just had an argument, like I said before, Brad, with a guy on the uh, Arsenal fan saying that the board hasn't backed Brendan. I think that I think they have backed him um, more than any other manager. FFP is, is that's sort of one of the big, you know, uh, elephants in the room that we have to deal with. But is top? Uh, I mean, top has got, obviously got so much credit at this club uh, as the whole King Power organisation and his dad, rest in peace, did before him. He's been decisive. He was quite decisive with with Puel. Um, his dad was quite decisive with Ranieri. Is he risking maybe his legacy by umming and ahhing? Because if we go down, and I think we no, will, he's not making legacy. He's done so much for this club. Lots of chances his legacy going to tarnish. He's going to do what he thinks best for the club, and he's going to do it when he thinks he's there. And at the end of the day, if he's entering that office and he's looking at it and he's going, look, this is where we are in the league. I'm not just speaking to Brendan. I'm speaking to the 25 players that work with him. And you come out and you say, oh, he has his favourites, which I agree with you with. But I don't know where all this, oh, they don't want to play for him, Malarkey's come out of. 
Pratt, we always thought was going to go, is now suddenly saying, I want to stay and fight for my place under Rogers at Leicester. Samara is. Oh, that was five weeks ago before he was. Yeah, but he's been playing and been featuring. So I don't know where you've got this twisted conception that he doesn't want he doesn't want to play for Leicester. I don't know We're where that is. He's not getting the well, chance, is he? Well, no, I'm not. I'm not. He's not his favourite toy boy uh, team. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. But I'm saying, like, the player themselves. I'm not saying mm. Brendan doesn't want to. But to say the players have come out saying that is is a little bit wrong. I know some players have, like, Sonchi. I do agree with you 100% on that. But Sonchi's had his head up his arse since that capitulation game against Bournemouth. We all remember that one. But yeah. I would, I wouldn't, I would never hold his legacy against him here. He's done tremendously well, and we have to appreciate it. The fact that yes, his dad owned this club, but he was never the true businessman in terms of he's still a young lad and he's still trying to figure this out. And he doesn't want to make a snap decision if he feels that if he's taken a vote, shall we say? Let's just hypothetically say he's spoken to people that know the players like their agents or whatever and these players have gone we're behind Brendan we're, we're, we're taking a shared responsibility it's us as well as Brendan we're happy with Brendan as manager then he's going to show that's mate you know he's then going to reimburse that faith and look so you could flip a coin imagine if hypothetically these seven games were played first and we'd won five and lost two but then this former followed would fans be back in Brendan to go out you'd have you know it's, it's all how quickly it can go in football Fair point. I'm not saying it happened like that, but I hope it no. does. But... No, 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 it's, it's a fair point. Uh, I, I mean, sorry, can I just and... uh, just say something to a point that Brad's made about saying about asking around with all the players? I think once if you've got an owner that's going to ask around all the players and isn't strong enough to make that decision individually and has to go around and ask the squad in terms of not talking just to the senior leadership team, I think that should be the extent of where it goes from the players. It should come from as well, from seeing what, what top thinks and what's best for the club, not what the players think. Because as we've said, Brendan's got his favourites. So you're going to have players like potentially Amati, uh, Perez, who won't get a look in under another ma manager. So of course, they're going to say, yes, keep Brendan. But I think, I think it should be, if he is consulting the players, and there will be certain players that will be consulted, don't get me wrong, it shouldn't be the majority of them. It should be the core leadership group of the players like Vardy, uh, Evans, Madison, that, that mm. core of players. Just going back and to, to a point that Brad made, but I'll come to you. Uh, and please, please don't anybody think that I really am having a go at top here. I am just playing devil's advocate to create a discussion. I love the guy to bits, but uh, he's 37. So he's no, you know, he's grown up, you know, in that family, in that business. You know, he's not a sort of guy that's just come out of college and what have you. He knows enough to allegedly convince his dad not to sack Nigel Pearson. So he has got a business head on him. He knows what he's doing. But those that, and you know, we've, everybody was on about Potter, whether Potter would have come here or not, we don't know. We've missed that boat. Um, Sean Dyche could be going to Bournemouth. We could miss that boat. Where will Thomas Frank go? So I'm just worried that he's dithering. And is it, are we looking too much at the money? You know, is that if we get Sean Dyche, and we'll, no, we'll go on to that point later, but with the money, they're saying we can't afford to sack him. But can we afford not to sack him? It's for like, I'm going to sound come with such a cliche. You know, you snooze, you lose. Like the longer that we wait and the longer we're sleeping, the more of these managers will be off the market and unavailable. 
So, like, I feel like we're we're at a point now where it's beyond turning back for Brendan Rodgers, and it just it feels like we're delaying the inevitable, but we just almost need to bite the bullet. Mm. Okay, well, like you say, that that will that will come out, and whatever top decides to do, and let's be honest with you, you know what. He can't come out and say I'm backing the manager because that's the old voter confidence thing. So he's bugging if he does, bugging if he don't. But I think the one thing we will all agree on tonight is that we do, you know, we, we've been top we trust, as they say, uh, to, to do the right thing. Um, and if we finish 17th and we've still got a club at the end of the day, that's all I'm bothered about. I don't want to go Derby's Leeds way and or you know and risk all that. Um, news today. We'll come to you first with this one, Brad. Uh, Rafa Benitez, fourth favourite at six to one, allegedly has, has, has applied for the job already. Oh, good for him. Like I said to you on the radio show, if that's the case and you can apply for jobs that aren't technically available, I'm going to send in my CV because I've got just as much chance, if that's the case, to get my first application through the door. Uh, I, I, I will use this term probably a lot through this show going forward now we're on to this turning point. He's a stopgap manager now. He's a stopgap manager. He's someone you get in that you, you have to be the sort of club that needs that emergency plug. You need to be a Everton in late disaster. You need to be a, you know, a Newcastle under Mike Ashley. You need to be in that sort of thing. And whilst it's alarming, we're nowhere near that standard just yet. And I know that could change quickly. I know that can, and I appreciate that. But right now, we don't need a stopgap manager. We don't need somebody who we know isn't going to last 18 months in charge of the club. No. For no. me personally. Um, Ant, your namesake, Anthony, said, I think Rafa Benitez would do a good job. Please, no. Not for no. me. No. I, I don't know if you saw it. He did an interview earlier today in his time yeah. on Everton. And he basically yeah. did a Brendan Rodgers and blamed everyone but himself for why it went wrong. By Liverpool, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> The thing is, he's a washed-up manager whose tactics should have been left about a decade ago, who is living off a past reputation of what he's achieved a long time ago. You look at the job he did at Everton, that is like the standard he's at now. He is at, he's finished, he's a, a manager who lives off a big name. I want him nowhere near Leicester. Yes, <laughs> I can't agree more. But right, so we're gonna we're gonna first of all stick with. Well, I, I don't. I, I, we don't. I, do you want Rafa in, or just you know we're talking permanent here? You wouldn't want him in permanently, would you, uh, Brad? No, no. So we're all agreed on that one, Rafa. And like you say, surely applying for a job that's technically not available. I don't think I'd want you as a manager, to be honest with you. So let's have a look at the top three here. Um, the new favourite today is Thomas Frank. Um, he came out the other day and said, Well, it was nice to be linked to Leicester, um, which is not saying that he, you know, first of all, he said he was happy at Brentford. Now he's saying it's nice to be at Leicester. Everybody now is talking him up, saying, Right, he can't, you know, he could, like with Potter at Chelsea, could he afford to turn down Leicester? Because long term, and no disrespect to Brentford, long term, you would think Leicester's the better. Prospect as in Chelsea were for Fafana, etc. etc. Sean Dyche, 
second favourite, and then Mauricio Potticino, third favourite. So we're going to concentrate on those three first of all. Brad, I'm going to come to you first. You're you what you're a big fan of um, Potticino. You think he's the person to do this? Um, tell us why. Well, it's quite simple. You look at the problem with Leicester right now. We're not allowed to spend money. There's there's next to no money in the club in terms of transfers. Not as a club, but as a transfers. He did 18 months with that at Spurs. He won't be able to add to the squad. Well, he was stuck with the same squad at Spurs. He can handle European pressure. He got to a Champions League final. So he comes with a wealth of experience of handling, handling that. He picked Spurs up from the depths. You even go further back and look at Southampton. You look at some of the Southampton players that he had under his arm at development. Lallana was the biggest name in there. And there's others to go off. Um, Sadio Mane. Remember him? Yeah, that guy that's ripping, been ripping it up for, for Liverpool for years and now he's at Bayern Munich. Yeah, so he's managed that sort of talent. So we know what capable talent we've got in, in Leicester. The likes of Jewsbury Hall and Thomas and, and, and Barnes, if he can get his head out of his arse again. That's the sort of manager I think you want. You're asking everybody. You're asking for a manager that can solve this problem. So you can work with no budget, can work with a squad that's that's been together a while and can't get improved in terms of bringing in new faces unless one's sold. And put an arm around a youngster and put an arm around a player and get them back fighting and then really up for the job. He's your man. Southampton, yeah, PSG. He was always going to take that job for one reason, one reason only. He needed. He needed. You know, it's like it's like going on a booty call. And go into the club after after an ex leaves you. You want to get out there and jump straight back into it again, don't you? He did that for the money. He did that for a chance of self where it didn't turn a bit flat. All right, so it does. Doesn't always work out when you go Europe. But this manager fits Leicester what they are, what they need, and and a manager who can do that and already proven he can do that at, at, at this level in the Premier League. And you know he's you know we we were talking managers like with the greatest respect. Right, Graham Potter to Chelsea. We're now saying, okay, you did it. At, you did it at Brighton. Prove yourself at Chelsea. You're talking about Thomas Frank. If he made that move to Leicester, it'd be a case of, well, you did it at Brentford. Is it really going to be that successful year at Leicester? We'll find. We'd find out if that was the case. We can't do that with Pochettino with Southampton because we've seen it at Spurs. The man went 18 months, the longest any manager went in this division without that, and all he's done is handle Europe and Premiership with a plum. No, you make you make a good argument. Now you're not Potticino, um and first of all, before we come on to your choice, uh, and I forgot, I almost forgot Potticino was at Southampton, so he has handled a Leicester sort of sized club, um, but he's also been at PSG, where he said, you know, he's admitted he cannot handle the big time players, so I think that's a little bit worrying. Um, what what would you have against him coming? There's a few things that I'd have, and I I agree with a lot of the points Brad said before before we go. So the things that I would have against him, you look at when Angelotti went to Everton, the fact of when you bring in a an, a manager of that tier, and I wouldn't say Pochettino's the Angelotti tier, I'd say he's in that tier below him. But you you know what I mean, like a big European name. If he starts doing well at Leicester, then we'll instantly have those bigger clubs start knocking straight away. So I'm not convinced if he does start doing well, it would be here as a long-term project. Uh, the ideal situation is he would be there as a long-term project, but I'm not convinced bringing him in would be because he is that calibre of manager. 
the thing that does concern me, and there's always been one frailty with um, with Pochettino, and you look wherever he goes, he's just like he does play brilliant football. He and all of that side of it, he's always had a defensive frailty about him. I think at less at the moment we need a, like a defensive backbone more than anything. Yeah, yeah, that is that is a good point. Um, Brad, my my worry would be that he'd be another Ancelotti. Yes, he'd come in, and then as soon as Man United, not no disrespect to Man United or Chelsea or something like that, came knocking. Let's say we got him in, and then Chelsea didn't work out with Potter. They sacked him. They came knocking. He'd be jumping ship straight away. The thing is, Chelsea's a job that most people would jump at straight away, regardless of who they're managing. We've seen that with Brighton. I don't think there was anybody that thought he would leave that project, especially how well they've started the season. You thought, it sounds laughable, doesn't it? You've got a team in the Champions League spots early doors. You're going to be gun-hoeing for Europe this season with them, and you still jump ship for for a poison challenge for Chelsea. Look, that's that, that can't be helped. But at the end of the day, they don't sing the same persona. Everton were really, really desperate. And we've seen how bad they are at chucking money in the transfer market. That's why their club got in a state and where they are and where they were last season and why they're struggling this season. Yes, I know they got their, their first win against, um, you know, the last weekend, but they're also still struggling. And look where they've been left with Frank, Frank the, I'm not going to say it, but it's passing on the clock, so well, Frank the Wank Lampard, he's their manager. Look how full from grace they've had in managers. Ancelotti was on a lot of Napoli. He had no reason to leave them. And they came desperately calling and paid him whatever he wanted. He was rubbing his hands. He didn't really care that he was at Everton. And he's pretty much said that since he left. He was he was waiting for a stopgap club between Napoli and Real Madrid. And look how that worked out for him. Ancelotti won the jackpot four times over in that. Pochettino has always said he has unfinished business here in the Premiership, whether that's coming back to Spurs or doing it somewhere else. And yes, you know, I think Leicester are always going to have that stigma that if a Chelsea or Arsenal or a Man City or Liverpool ever sat their manager <laughs> and they're doing what they're doing, let's not forget Brendan. Brendan was linked with Manchester United when we were fifth and fourth. So it's always a stigma there. And he might do that in three years' time. But we've seen with the lifespan of a manager at a club, unless it's somebody like a, a Klopp or a, or a Pep, it is three to four years. If we get that out of pot and he gets us not just back into Europa Conference, but maybe another season in the Champions League, as wild as that might sound being bottom of the Premiership now, I would more than take that to lay the foundations onto the next manager to do it. And, so and, and I would take three or four years, because yep. um, you say that would possibly be the normal lifespan, but I'm looking at it's Ancelotti and it was only there a year. Yeah, I just think Ancelotti's got more of the ego about him. I think he always had an idea that Real Madrid were going to be like the ex-girlfriend that's going to come back and call him up. And like I said, I just think he didn't want unemployment and Everton knew that, so they were willing to pay him just as much as it is. Now, if Leicester do do the same approach, it's wrong and they shouldn't bring him in. But I think if he's true about wanting to return a premiership for his business for three or four seasons, that's why you need to be bringing him in now before it gets too late and somebody else snaps him up. What if they do? If another club does it first. The thing is, saying three or four seasons is all right. And I think Chris was just going to touch on it there. Sorry. The problem is, because Pochettino's got a much bigger name than any of the other managers that we're linked to. And we know that undoubtedly at some point this season, one of the big six managers will go. It's just for sort of way, way football is and way the big six are. Mm. We could be, say we get 
as a hypothetical, we get Pochettino in now, he wouldn't have to be doing particularly incredibly at Leicester for his name to be linked to jobs very quickly on. That's why someone like Thomas Frank, he would have to be doing a very good job at Leicester and step up massively to to start getting linked to those bigger clubs or a Sean Dyche set as a hypothetical. But that's that's why I'm not a fan of a manager coming here and taking a step down. But let me ask you something, Ant. You know, Poch, uh, as somebody said here, you know, Poch blew it at PSG. You know, I mean, how can you not win the French title at PSG? Uh, a bit like, you know, Brendan at Celtic. Uh, but he did. Uh, but then again, he did go on and win stuff the following year. Um, but, and as I said before, he can't, or it seemed, no, he admitted he can't handle the big names. But if he was such a good manager, how come he's still not got a job? Sorry, I'll go to Brad with that one. Sorry, mate. Um, to, to, be, to be fair, though, he has turned down jobs. He's, he's waiting for the right project. Mm. And do you think Leicester would be a big enough project for him? Yeah, I don't think it's about being a big enough project. It's about being the right project. Like It's two very different things. Mm. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, Doug says here, Potocino is an Argentinian bridesmaid. How can he lose the French League, as I just said, uh, when he has the biggest budget? I think he's overrated as a manager. Thomas Frank is the best okay. choice. Of those three. Uh, okay, okay, Douglas, Mr. He's overrated. How can you lose the French division? How could four or five teams let Leicester win the Premier League? It happens, mate. It happens in football. They can't stay top of the castle forever, and they didn't exactly spend long without returning to it. So there you go, mate. Problem solved. Case closed. New moving on. Who's the manager? I'll use my advantage there. We're going to look. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind Pochettino coming. Uh, and it's. It's. I mean, this is the gamble that Top's going to have to take because, obviously, well, I tell you what. We'll, we'll, we'll take. A, we'll take a very quick ten-second break, and then um, we will come back and have a look at uh, at Mr. Dyche. Now, now that's what I call football. Give me five. Less the delay. Die TV. TV. Check out the um, Leicester City page on BBC website uh, every Tuesday, Tuesday Talking Point. Uh, it wasn't one last week because of obvious reasons. Uh, and I give my thoughts on on uh, uh, Mr Rogers. Um, now, so your, your first choice and kind of threw your argument <laughs> into the bin when he came out and said he's, he's happy where he is. Um you were a while ago, the, as you sang at the start, the Ginger Mourinho's biggest in. Are you still, would he still be your choice? Yeah, and I know people will turn their nose up at him, and I, like, I fully expect that. But for me, as I keep mentioning, def- what needs to be sorted first is our defence. Sean Dyche will get that. I know the play style is always brought up with Sean Dyche. I don't think it was anywhere near as bad as it's made out to be at Burnley. And I think they could be defensively stubborn. They could be very defensive, but at times they could also play half decent football as well. I don't think for football, in terms of how, be- like, there were times where it was very basic. I don't think you'd see the same level of basic football 
at Burnley as you would at Leicester. Bear in mind, he was on a shoestring of a budget compared to the rest of the Premier League. I know Liverpool fans like to claim that they're on like a shoestring budget and like to uh, like to feel sympathy for themselves. Sean Dyche was truly on a str- shoestring budget at Burnley and got them into the Europa League and he kept them in the Premier League for eight seasons. Do you know what? I I we said this off camera. I, I spit my tea out all over the computer when you first said about Sean Dyche coming. Um but I've started to what well, I've started to move towards Dyche because I mean somebody made the point earlier um about you know would these managers come if they haven't got any money to spend and to me that says a lot about the managers because if you can only do well when you've got money to spend then you're not a good manager you know now you could argue say for god's sake chris you're talking balls because of yeah. pep and all that could he do it like they say wet night at you know, stoke city for a season yeah I, I don't know we could all do it couldn't we if we had the money you know uh you just buy better players than other teams so that doesn't make them in my mind. It makes okay, maybe a good manager, but not a good coach. Could Pep do what he's doing if he'd had those choices at Burnley? And as mm. Sean Dyche said when uh, the new owners took over that we are three years behind everybody else because I haven't really done anything in the purchase way in in three years. But and did he play the style he had to play because of the players he had? Yeah, I'd. I'd... I would say he did. And I think something that we've talked about with Brendan Rodgers is that he isn't getting the best out of what he had. He, Sean Dyche got the best and more out of that out of that Burnley team. I mean, I can't remember what, what it's on, but it's on YouTube and he did a, a podcast interview with um, two guys. And actually, if you sit and listen to that, he talks a lot of sense. You know, and that was one of the points he makes. You know, he got well. Look, look at Eddie Howe. Look at what Eddie Howe managed to do at Bournemouth. Let's now see what he can do at Newcastle. Brad, right to reply. Would you be happy with with Dyche? I mean, obviously, you still want Potch over him. I'd still want Potch over him purely because look. I mean, Doug says there that you can't manage the egos of Neymar. And Messi, well, not a lot of managers can. Ronaldo was the third example of that. Look how well that's done. The reason he was practically, thankfully, out of some of the clubs he's been at. You know, they're very hard to manage. And, and, and you know, we've had some at our club before. Stan Collymore, one of the most notable ones. Martin O'Neill was the only manager that ever handled in, in, in his spiral in football. It's not the easiest thing. But what Potts does different than Sean Dyche is... He got the best out of absolutely nothing. I mean, he wasn't able to operate in a transfer market for 18 months. And like I said, in that time, not only did he keep Spurs' ambitions of Champions League football qualification going each season, throughout them seasons, but he got them to a Champions League final. Now, here's the thing. We're saying right now that, you know, Brendan Rodgers has come out and said, well, I can't improve the squad. I've got the best out of it. We've gone stale. I can't improve it. And look where we are in the league sort of thing. Well, where were Burnley, Chris, last season with the same squad? They've gone stale. They couldn't buy anybody, ring any bells. Because they, they, no, 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 they, they were chasing Derby's point record up until about December, weren't they, Ant? I'm just they, saying, is it not the same face? Is it different face, same same story? 
that we're going to no, sort of read the same book? I actually, I actually talked to a Burnley fan in quite a lot of detail about the time with Sean Dyche last year. And the mm -hmm. thing is, when you look and you look at their season, they, they didn't start the season well, but you look at the injuries they had compared to where and their squad their squad like is a was a paper thin Premier League squad as it as it stood. And then when you get injuries to players like Ben Mee, James Tarkovsky, uh, Maxwell Cornet, Dwight McNeil, when you're already a championship level squad and you start losing those players, the fact that they were still in the fight with eight games to go, like is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I could answer that, but then I could retort it and say, doesn't Brendan say, well, I had all them injuries, and as you can see, without them injuries, we're just about a top half squad still. We, 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 Leicester did have that gap, didn't they? We, you could argue that Leicester were propelled to their expectations now, and you know, because we went from a team that just survived relegation to winning the league to then all of a sudden having to expect to hold and maintain that. Uh, Leicester didn't have that period of growth, you know. Felt like a young child star being taken his childhood away. They weren't allowed that three, four stability seasons. And Roger had to maintain a standard that maybe is punching above our weight. And I can sort of see that now with the struggle. A burnt-out squad, relegation, as much as I appreciate that he kept them going and fighting as long as he can, he still had them absolutely... He, he was hoping on... Everton losing and then winning games in hand against the likes of Spurs and 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 God knows who else just to get themselves back in contention to survive. I don't want to be repeating this story in three years' time. The thing is, like using the I think using the injuries with Burnley and Leicester are two very different things for a couple hmm. of reasons. You look, Brendan Rodgers has got all his players back now, and it's got even worse. Yeah, there was yeah. underlying flaws with the systems, and that has become evidently clear you look at every corner that comes in we look like we're we like it's just embarrassing at this point watching corners come into the box <laughs> it is it is like, it's, just, it's just you know you know when you're just like oh please don't yeah. but <laughs> like we had the um we like as much as we said our squad depth isn't great our squad depth is a level above what that burnley squad is yeah. Yeah. so i think the fact that Burnley eventually did go down and I, I still maintain the fact I think they would have stayed up if Sean Dyche had, was their manager. But it's one of those, we'll never know. He went before he was given that chance. The thing with um, the thing with Sean Dyche is he was, those players, even when, like, even when it was starting to go wrong, they were still fighting for him. They were still oh. absolutely running through brick walls for him. Apart from James Madison, can you see any players that are still running through brick walls for Brendan? Uh, I, I can until that fourth goal goes in, it seems, over the last two weeks. I do see it. I do see certain reactions. And I do, like, because you talked about there, the Chelsea game, they were running through walls to try and get a goal and get a result from Chelsea. They were running through Spurs for the majority of that match in terms of the minutes played. I mean, you saw Tillemans, whether you think it's right that he's he, he's getting picked or not, whether you think he's committed to the club or not, he's still giving the celebrations, he's still giving the heart to the balls. I know, I know, uh, I don't like it, but, you know, they were still giving the come on to the fans. And Madison, I, I, get, I get that there's probably a few players in there that aren't, and, and that's just ego, that's pers personalities. But I still think there's some fight in there for him. But I'm just concerned. We talk about gambles in there. 
I would rather take the gamble that we take Potch in, he gets us up, maybe stay, he then does another season, gets us, say, back into Europe, and then gets posts further down the line shorter than we hoped, then I would take the gamble on Sean, Sean Dyche being able to do exactly what he did at Burnley, but with an upgrade uh, in terms of players and quality, and it not quite work out. That's I what think- I'd rather take that worry of losing Potch after two seasons or two years than I would Dyche not just having enough to go past, say, 16th or 17th for two seasons. I think but there's couple of things on that. I think there's a huge expectation that Pochettino comes in and he gets us out of this mess. The thing is, mm-hmm. Pochettino's weak point has always been the defence and that is where the strength, that's where our like biggest yeah. point of improvements needed. So, to say that Pochettino comes in and improves us instantly, I think he would because I think I would go in right now and, and improve <laughs> Any of us would. It's yeah. at that point. But, I don't think that He's the answer in terms of a lot of the solution of the situation we're in right now. Because I think we need to. I don't think he's the kind of manager you need in a relegation battle when you're when you're shipping goals left, right, and centre. Hmm. I mean, to me, I mean, Daesh. A while ago, I can remember when Daesh was actually linked. Every time Leicester had the vacancy, Daesh was being linked with us, um, and. He, he, he never came. I mean, he's only he's had Watford, but he's had ten years, ten seasons at Burnley, and that says something. You know, he, he's not a a, a a team hopper, if you like. You yeah. know, he took a bit like Rafa. You know, you could use it over, he took. You know, Burnley went down. He brought them back up again. You know, um, would they have stayed up with him in charge? No, but they've got a different way now. Burnley. I was yeah. hoping to get Dan on here. To talk about um, Sean Dyche, unfortunately, he's out playing football himself. But there's there's one. I just want to take this up with Terry, and uh, yeah. he says, uh, "Well, I'm in the growing band of wanting Pearson back." The problem I have with that Terry, um, and a lot of people are saying O'Neill as well, exactly. Yeah. But when he was with us, it wasn't Pearson that did what he did. It was Pearson's team, as in Craig Shakespeare as in um, uh, Steve Walsh, you know, with the transfers. That was what won in. Pearson has not done anything really since then, apart from this season in a few games with Bristol City. And you look at a lot of these managers and, you know, um, uh, Brian Clough and Peter Taylor passed away, bless him. Brian Clough was never the same again. With Martin O'Neill, when uh, um, uh, Taylor, his assistant, passed away, he was never the same again. So you know, we would get Pearson without the Shakespeare, without, and and it's a different it's a different category altogether. Um, I I just I, I see, I'm torn between those two because my heart says Potticino, but my head and <laughs> I'm blaming Ant for this totally. Uh, that he's dragging me over to the dark side of Sean Dyche. Uh, somebody said earlier that, well, yeah, Sean Dyche can talk a good game. I mean, you, nobody that can that can talk think out his way out of trouble more than bloody Brendan Rodgers at the moment. I mean, I do, there is another deciding factor for me with Dyche, right? I, I, I will give credit and respect, right? If he came here, I'd be more... I'd be more comfortable thinking we're going to get a long-term manager providing he 
continues to be well as last manager. Obviously, he's doing crap, he's going to go, but I'd have more faith that he'd be here longer. And I can appreciate that. And I will give you all the scores on, on, on that argument side of things when it comes to Sean Dice. My problem is, right, first of all, and as ludicrous as it might sound, we all said, what would Eddie Howe do once he had the money? Well, Newcastle fans, minority or not, are questioning his ability to con- contain a squad. We go back as far as Bournemouth when he was trusted with money. I mean, Dominic Slank, anybody? That didn't work well, did it? A lot of other players he brought in didn't work well at Burnley. And in fact, in, in Bournemouth, in fact, he ended up being the maker of his own downfall at Bournemouth for the, the shower of shite he brought in when he was trusted with money. And yet he got the Newcastle job. Where was Dyche for the Newcastle job? Where was Dyche's name for the Chelsea job? Where was Dyche's name for any of these other jobs? If, if he's done so well, and I admit, yes, you're at once, right? But when he was linked with us, Chris, that was back in the pinnacle of us winning the championship. That was in the pinnacle of us nearly going down the season afterwards, back to the championship. He wasn't there when Brendan was being linked with the job with Manchester United. He wasn't there when Powell was in charge. He wasn't getting linked with us there. Yeah, he's getting linked with a, a sinking ship on paper. But we're past the days of a manager like Nigel Pearson, like you said, and we're past a manager that can keep... We're past an Alan Kerbisley as a manager, I'm afraid. I, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I think he's great. But again, I use this term I did about Rafa Benitez. He would be a stop-capping manager. We'd have him for 18 months. He'd keep us up this season. We'd probably finish 14th, 15th. I'd, I'd take it, by the way. He'd maybe then do the same next season, maybe 12th at a push, but then we'd want him out the door because... Someone like Pochettino, who's done successfully at somewhere else, and then eventually we come back round to him, or I don't know, Ralph Ragnick gets bored at being Manchester United or whoever, and they decide they want a new challenge. Then they're going to want to come to Leicester because of that perspective. I just don't think Dice is quite that man for the club in the projection of where we want to go. A few years ago, I'd have taken him. Powell, I'd have taken him. But now I'm just not convinced he's got it about him to but take Ant, that step up. Can I, no, it's, it's a fair, it's a fair point. But Ant, we are in a relegation battle. Like it a lump it, and mm. you know, the few people in the chat saying, "Well, we're not going to go down." Bollocks! No team is never too good to go down. If we were mm. that good, we would have beaten Brentford. We would have beaten Brighton. We'd have beaten Southampton. Those were the winnable games. We couldn't beat ten man Chelsea, and then was it Brighton went the following week and beat an eleven man Chelsea. So let, let's get this into perspective. We are Leicester City. We are not um, Manchester City, and we are in a relegation battle. Like it Olympic, we have got the worst ever record, worst ever record of any Premier League team in the thirty years. Of the Premier League, that's how bad things are. That's what Brendan has. That's where Brendan has taken us to. So if we're going to look that we're not just suddenly going to go from bottom, and all oh, right, it happens. We know Cooper did it at, at Forest, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we might now have to have a couple of seasons out where we start building it back up again and going fourteenth, fifteenth, then maybe tenth and eleventh. So maybe Sean Dyche is that person to bring us in for maybe on. Don't give him a 10-year contract or anything stupid like that. We give him two or three seasons. And then maybe it's the time to have a look at the likes of a Potocino or, or somebody up, up there. Yeah, I, I definitely see the point where you're coming from with Chris. And I think I think uh Brad's doing uh Deitch a bit of a disservice saying that we'll finish sort of 14th, 15th. A lot of the time he had uh Burnley back around even when he didn't finish uh in the Europa League. 
which uh, place with Burnley, he he was finishing sort of tenth, twelfth around that area with that Burnley squad. So with like, I don't see that he would do the same level at Leicester with the squad we've got as he did at Burnley. I think that would be elevated to a level. Mm. The, the big thing that's putting me off Pochettino is I don't think, and I've said it, and Chris alluded to it as well. I just, I don't think he's the right man for a relegation battle. I really don't. I think it would be all great if we were in a good position, we're in a stable position, and we were looking to instantly, uh, sorry, build on that. We're not. We're in a we're in a position where the heads are down. At the moment, we just need stability, and I don't think he offers us that. Brad? Well, all right, maybe I was doing him a little bit disservice, but giving Leicester an extra place or two finish doesn't really add much credit to it for me. And, and I do get it. Look, I understand savability. I understand it. And I, I did even make the point that maybe Leicester missed out on that period where they needed to, that where they should have been realistically, were, were stabilising themselves as a, as a club. And I understand that that makes Leicester a very unique task. But... Pochettino's always been up for the fight. I mean, otherwise, he'd have walked out of PSG after six months when he realised he, he, he couldn't or didn't know how to manage the likes of Mbappe. And that, but he stuck around. Yeah, of course, it doesn't matter if influence or not, motivated or not, by money or not, he's still motivated enough to, to fight it out and, and that. But you talked earlier in the show, uh, Ant, and it was actually you that brought this up. If we sleep on this position, these managers... Don't, are no longer available. So let's say we take the safe approach. And I will call it a safe approach because I think he's a stopgap. I think for two seasons, he will do a good enough job to keep Leicester in the division, which is more than acceptable in a lot of Leicester fans' eyes, and I appreciate that. But we can get Pochettino now, and or Thomas Tuchel, I'll use him as an example, who will, yes, demand more wages than Dodge, without shadow of a doubt. But they're all, all also going to cost this club X amount of millions of pounds if we wait two years to get them because they'd have taken another job, they'd have kept on their reputation, they'd have kept doing nice things. So let's say Tuchel goes to to a club like a Leipzig or something like that that sacked their manager. And Pox does the same because Leicester never make that approach. And let's say Dice does get us a bit mundane and a bit bland, but he gets us them top 12 finishes. And then Leicester go, right, now we need to progress. If Pochettino then starts the project and gets really excited by a project he's at elsewhere, we're going to miss out on a top-end manager. These top-end managers aren't available and and on a on, on a practical fee essentially. They're not they're not sort on free agents list for two years. They're not going to wait for a job. They're not going to wait for Leicester to give Dice a chance to muck uh, not to muck it up. That'd be very harsh on Dice, but to then wait two years to be that manager to go to for the next step. He, they're going to want to get, have that job there and then improve the weight. And whilst Poch might not have had great time in France, he's hungry to rebound and prove his worth. I think now's the perfect time for him because if he goes somewhere else and prove his worth, he's not going to feel the need to prove his worth for three seasons. Again, that's when I'd be worried about someone like that coming in because there's a bit of right on top But and we took Rogers on that basis that he wanted to prove himself. He wanted to rebuild his career in the Premier League, show what he could do. Well, we're looking at what he can do now. He's got us to the bottom of the league. Um, the thing is... Nothing to FA Cups, but okay. <laughs> the thing is, I see the point what Brad's making. I really do. And I really like. I really do hear what he's saying. But there's always going to be top managers that are out of work. It's just mm -hmm. like, yes, we might miss out on Pochettino. But let's say, for example, um, 
in a couple of years, just as an example, um, like in a couple of years, we're in a much more stable position. And then there's a, a manager like, I don't know, like a two shell who, who might be out of work after getting sacked by another club or Allegri. I don't know. You know, you know the point I'm trying to make, but there'll be yeah. like, there will be managers like that, that will be sacked. So just because if we miss out on Poch now, it doesn't mean that there's not that opportunity in a couple of years when we are in a much better position. Because I think if I think the risk with Pochettino is if we get relegated with him, which there is a fair chance that that does happen, then oh. we go. I think we go backwards about ten years, ten fifteen years, if I'm completely honest. So I feel like then we are almost starting from square one again. Yeah, it, it, it is a point, and I mean, I, I mean. Do, do if we snooze, we lose. I mean, are we if we go for Sean Dyche, are we going for the cheaper option because of the financial position we are in, Brad? Um, I think a little bit that would weigh on the minor decision. I mean, Pops could Pops and these managers could talk themselves out of being in contention without realizing it just for what they're going to demand wage wise. And I totally respect that. And, you know, we are picking our choices here, me and Ant, purely on what we think of them as a manager, whether or not they're realistic in target toys, because people will argue, and I understand that the pots will want more. But again, you've got to look at the perspective. They both have very good records in this division of doing a lot with the same 11 or same 20-man squad for a couple of seasons. They've got the same reputation of belief in youngsters. They've got the same reputation of doing it. And the thing is, whereas Sean Dice, like, and I, I will repeat this until it happens, right? Sean Dice has never been given that bigger job. With the greatest respect to Burnley and his time at Watford, he's never been given that bigger job, which is like your pre-interview to prove yourself to other teams, like Potter's been given now and like... Eddie Howe's finally got. I mean, you're talking a man who spent years at Bournemouth has only just been given the opportunity. Um, and he see he, he sees the opportunity at Newcastle with the ownership takeover and a new man at the helm. I've, I've seen that Potts can do that. We have seen that Potts can handle that mentality. We have seen that Potts can get the best out of players. And look, if you really want to use pulling power for it, let's just say... Next summer, we lose a few more players on the free. The same players that have got a year left still go, regardless of who we bring in, right? Um, and then Potts gets told, well, because we've freed up the financial fair play and your experience, we're going to chuck you some money that you want to strengthen the areas that you think we need strengthening in. And I'm sure many of you are already coughing, goalkeeper, 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 but that's a different subject for a different day. What about his links elsewhere? There's some players that like that manager that were when he was at PSG. There were some managers that players, sorry, that from his first days and that that still like him. That no, I'm not saying a human son or anyone. Whether we could afford them, I no, do, but I do get your point, I mean. Brad. Yeah, I do get your point. But and taking up what Brad said before, um, you know what? You know, Potashina wants to stop and fight, and yes, the money makes a difference. I'm sure Rogers wants to stop and fight and keep his money and get his nice big payday when we sack him. You know, if it, you know, maybe that's why he's not walking. Um, I just... Uh, I, just I, I mean, we, 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 I think we've come to the... Sort of as far as we can go with the, with the Daesh 
Pochettino liking. But there's a thin line between loyalty, as True Red says there, loyalty and maybe not. I mean, Eddie Howe went to Burnley and he came back to Bournemouth. Eddie Howe stayed at Bournemouth so long because his family were down here. And, you know, he went up north, didn't like it. It's come back, he came back down to come back to Bournemouth. Um, so that that's kind of why he never went anywhere. I was surprised. I didn't know that was the reason I didn't think he'd go to Newcastle. Um, but we, I just don't. I just think you know, Dice in the short term. God, this is your bloody fault, Ant. Dice in the short term would be. I'm saying maybe like Brad said, a stopgap. And you've got to think though with. You've got to be careful when you're offering these managers a job. I mean, Sam Allardyce got to the point where he wouldn't sign a contract just for one season because he'd keep teams up and then they'd sack him like West Ham, you know. Uh, and that's going to be their fear. Um, but, I mean, would, is he a stopgap or could he take us on that next step? And then after this, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to, to some of the other, some of the other uh, contenders. I think it would be one that you look at initially as a stopgap and then see if he can progress from there. But I don't think he's one that you instantly give a long-term deal to. No. Uh, Turf's back. Um, Dyche needs someone to take a chance on him. Only reason he got sacked is because we didn't win enough games. But how can you do that when you your, then your chairman gave you nothing at all uh, in, in the second part? So, yeah, I mean, like you say... And, until we do it, we won't know whether that's Potch, whether that's Sean Dyche or not. Uh, I want to go on and straight after this, we'll have a bit of a little break and we'll, we'll talk Thomas Frank. This is Paul McCartney saying this is where Chris is at. This is where it's at, Chris. Take it. Broadcasting live worldwide. You're listening to Chris. And Lester to I Die TV. Do not be afraid. Batman, there's something I need to say to you. No, well... The music just turns me on. Something is coming. Something big. Chris! I'm Chris. No, 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 no. <laughs> How dare you break wind before me? I'm sorry, baby. I didn't know it was your turn. <laughs> the best radio station in the world... In the world. ...is right here. Right now. Yeah, we've got a new radio show, a radio station. Get over to Lester Till I Die. Um, well, you can do it by the website, which is lestertillidie.com forward slash radio, or you can go to Mixcloud direct, Mixcloud, or one word, mixcloud.com forward slash LTID radio. Uh, I, I promise you I'll remember in future to turn my microphone on rather <laughs> than sit there for an hour without it on. But at least you got to hear the music, if not myself. Um, right, let's have a look quickly at some of the others one. Uh, I mean, Thomas Frank is the other. Um, it, it, his odds are coming down. We'll start with you on this one, Ant. It, his odds are coming down and down and down all the time. He's now the favourite over Daesh. Um he said he was happy at Brentford. Now he's saying, um, you know, it was, it's nice to be linked with Leicester. He's, he's in a way, he's, he's, the, he's the candidate that's got it all because he's used to working with a smaller club and he's proved what he can do with a smaller club. And that's no disrespect to Brentford. He's kept them in. He's, he's, he's had a good start this season. 
Um, he's he's had the experience, uh, uh, you know, as a national manager, so maybe you know he can deal with some big bigger names. Uh, uh, would he not be the, the the perfect choice? I do really like Thomas Frank, and I think like what he's done at Brentford is very very impressive. Like, and there's huge similarities. I think what Leicester do is on a bigger scale than what Brentford do, but it's very similar in terms of a the fact they lose key members of their squad uh, season by season. They have to replace them in a similar way that we do. I I just don't know if he'll see it as enough of a step up or even as a step up in terms of the position that we're in at the moment compared to the fact Brentford are in eighth. I almost put him in that Graham Potter bracket of like, would he, if he's going to leave... Uh, Brentford, you've got to feel it will be for a top six club. Brad, I, I mean, I was very much sort of, oh God, don't don't link Potter with us, don't link Potter with us, you know. And then he goes and gets the Chelsea job. Um, long term, and again, I'm not being disrespectful to Brentford because I love Brentford as a club and what they've achieved and the way that they're not brought out another shirt to help the the fans. That they they are an amazingly well-run club. And they probably wouldn't stand in Tom Frank's way if he did want to speak to another club. But long-term, now, Leicester, to be honest with you, we're probably not going to be winning the league again. We're probably not going to be one of the top six. But long-term, surely Leicester is the more attractive um, option over Brentford. Still, I still think right now we're the more attractive. Because, yeah, right, OK, we're seventh from bottom of the league. Yeah, on paper... We're, we're, we're far less appealing than Brentford, but he's got a brain. He knows our history. He knows the quality of the players there. And as we all three of us agree, Brendan can't do it anymore, but someone else can surely get that squad easy enough motivated, even if they were silly enough to start, to start putting Vestergaard back in the team. They'd probably do, a, they'd, they'd do far better than what Brendan did. I think, didn't he? Well, yeah, exactly. But you know what I mean? I mean, you know... Um, he'd be able to get this team out of the trouble. Now, yes, it's easy to say that no team's too good to go down because we've seen it many times over the, over the years. Uh, Newcastle twice happened to them. You know, um, uh, Leeds United infamously. Um, I think we would be seen as a big step up. But again, my only question would be, and it's the same as what Dan said there, would Leicester want to give somebody like Thomas Frank a long-term contract? Because if after a few years he does a good job and he does a reasonable job, I don't see why Leicester still can't be considered a top eight side. Mm. You know, yes, we've had an awful start and I can condone this season will be a struggle to get up there. But last season when we were 14th with seven games to go, you know, to flip reverse it, you know, nobody could see us finishing eighth. Couldn't finish the top half, let alone eighth. And the lads... And Brendan together got uh, the end results right, and we ended up finishing just shy of Europe. Now, whether that was a disaster avoided, hindsight is a wonderful thing given where we are in the league, but it's going to be seen as a massive step up because of the club's history. Just purely on that basis, I think he would really want to jump. Look how quickly Popper jumped. Uh, pop, Popper. Potter is what I meant to say. Look how quickly <laughs> Popper Popper, Popper. Popper. Yeah, pick up a penguin. Look yeah. how quickly um, Graham Potter jumped ship, despite where Brighton are this season, despite how well they were doing, despite just battering Leicester 5 2, or whether that was just before, I don't know. But still, the point stands, despite all of that, 
because of the law of Chelsea, Potter went there within five. I don't, I don't even think Brighton had finished saying, you've got our blessing to speak to Chelsea before he said, I take the job. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, think, I think he would want the job. Would would Top offer him, say, a five, six-year deal like he did with Brendan? I don't think so. I can't see him offering that. And that could be a deciding factor. And again, it, only time would tell whether he's good enough to handle not just money, but handle a squad of higher calibre and talent with the great respect to Brentford, who do have internationals in their team, by the way, and some good players. Although overhyped about Ivan Tony much, I'm not still sold on him being an England international just yet. But he, he, you know, he's, he's had Christian Eriksen. He's a humble guy. Maybe that was easy, easy ego to to manage. So there is credibility behind it. It would all depend on the length of contract for me and 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 how he sold his job at Leicester to what what they'd want from him. I'd still go for Pochettino for long longevity, but I would be reasonably happy if it was Thomas Frank. I will say that. Yeah, Ant, are you with us or no? No, we still don't think he can find a defence for the sporting Lisbon manager. <laughs> at, least, at least before you make this at least Pochettino wasn't my 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 reserve choice. Unlike somebody. <laughs> hey, boom boom. Uh, remind him of that when he comes back. Um what do you see as Frank's coaching uh abilities? Yes, he's more demonstrative than Brendan, but who isn't? On what basis do you think he is good when he only has mid table finishes at best? With Brentford, would you not take a mid-table finish right now, David? If I gave that to you now, I mean, let's have a look. Where, where did Brentford finish last season? Can we remember? Uh, they were up there at the end, weren't they? I'm going, I'm going to have a look. I'm going to have a look. Very uh, should take I would have, seconds. Yeah, I would have David. I would ask David this. I don't know where he's got this idea that they that that finishing mid-table in your first season doesn't make you a great manager because we would have ripped off. Both our arms and legs in 14-15 when we were 20th and bottom of the lead to a finished mid-table. Now, I know eventually we made our way up to 14th on that fantastic run, but come on, you've got to give him a bit of credit. And he hasn't so far seemingly suffered a second season syndrome, which would make, which on paper to me shows that, okay, okay, maybe this guy could manage Leicester. But I still say could. I would say it's actually less of a gamble right now than it would be Sean Dyche. Yeah. Because he has managed a few egos or creditable players in terms of Ericsson and whatnot and a few more internationals. Yeah. I mean, Brentford finished last season uh, 13th with 46 points. If you <laughs> offered me that now, I, would abs- I wouldn't just take your hand off. I'd take your whole fucking arm off. Yeah, I'd sell you on the black market just to afford the price to pay for it. I mean, Forest this season, they take that. Not not Florist, they take that. Leeds would have taken that years ago. Any newly promoted side would have taken that with an absolute mission. And they'd certainly be taking it as second season syndrome because look what happened to Sheffield United the second season. That's more yeah. important for me. I, I, I want to see how he completes the second season. That's my biggest, that's the only issue I've got with. And because this, as well as it is for him right now, and I will admit, right now, it's looking good. It could still all go pear shaped for Brentford this season, as unlikely as it seems. As yeah. unlikely as it seems. 
<laughs> it just, I don't know what's happened to, to Ant. Uh, I've messaged him. Let's just see if uh, he's, he's, I'd, he's. I'd say I'd win by default, not just because his first choice <laughs> wasn't even dark. Uh, not not just because he couldn't even pick dice first and he desperately looked into the Portuguese leagues for an opponent to beat tonight, but uh, I would just say uh, I'll win on default, Chris. Just say, mate. <laughs> True Red Knotts, uh, Knotts Forest. Yeah, that's that's the name. Uh, just slightly smaller than Knotts County, I believe. Um, yeah, mate. No, see, see this arm here? It's an imaginary pot, mate. It's what I love to do, mate. You know, you know, me and you spoke on that chat on, on my thing. You know, you know, I'm only trying to wind you up like a, like a, like a is it working? Is it, is, is it, is it working? They say that Forest are, don't consider us one of their rivals. They are very, um, they are very much keep popping on and having a go at us. Uh, Auntie's back. I don't know if you can hear us at all. Yeah, sorry. I had someone walking in then and just nothing. No, no did, did, did you tell her that you booked it? You know, she turned up early uh, and you I'm weren't happy. paying for the extra half hour. <laughs> going to get me in trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> getting me even scared now. Stop it. I jest. I jest. Um, <laughs> right, we're going through the, the options here. I'll come to you then, Ant, next. Uh, we'll just quickly run through the rest of these because they are the main contenders. But we got uh, Marcello Bicello at seventeen to two. Ant, who? Marcello Bielsa, I think. Bielsa. What did I say? Marcello Biella. Did I? Sorry, Bielsa. <laughs> well, well, if we want to be playing Championship football next year, that's one safe way to do it. See now that I can agree with you, Ant. I agree with you on that one, mate. I'm exactly the same. Not a chance I want him as manager. So then we've got something we all, again, the second thing we all agree on. Um, okay, Brad, over to you. Daniel Farke is at nine to one. Well, he can fake off from this club. No. Championship again. You're talking BLC, do the same. Um, okay, not probably there. Uh, and uh, Ollie's at 12 to 1. He can do one. <laughs> like, I'm not even giving him the time of day. He's Cardiff City's worst ever manager. Leave it at that. <laughs> there we go. Just the one just for Steve, just for the true red. Uh, at 12 to 1, it's Steve Cooper, Brad. Um, he wouldn't take the job. He can't make 377 signings at Leicester right now. He, so, no. <laughs> Okay, uh, fourteen to one. Uh, there's a couple. First one here, Ant Dean Smith. No, he's worse than Daniel Fark. Leave it at that. Really? Yes. Honestly, he's on the same level as in my group of Ant. Hey, we're getting on great now. I mean, you Ant. <laughs> What's going <laughs> wrong? This isn't meant to be how this goes. Um, fourteen to one. Um, Brad. Scott Parker. No, take his Gucci bag elsewhere and get the fuck out of football, mate. You're not a football manager. Just admit it. You're too stubborn. Get out of it. <laughs> he was the reason that I said Bournemouth would go down, to be honest with you. Yes. Uh, and Bournemouth are the only reason that we don't have the uh, biggest goals conceded in the Premier League. It's be Or the biggest goal difference sorry, in the Premier League when they got let nine in in one game. Uh, now, here's one for Ant. And Ant, please, you know, 
this I was surprised you didn't go for this one when you know, your first choice wasn't available. But at sixteen to one, and you know we do like an ex England manager here at, um, at Leicester, Roy Hodgson. Is he still kicking about? <laughs> I thought he kicked the bucket. <laughs> be Elsa. No disrespect to Roy. Uh, yeah, he is still obviously must still be kicking about. I mean, it would, I, like people mock it, it would keep us up, but I'd like, no, you're right. Would it keep us up? Look at what <laughs> he did at Watford. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. do you see him basically celebrating when Watford went down and like with that, that Palace game and he was still clapping like all the Palace fans the same game, but Watford got relegated. The, the man did not give a, you know, the rest. I don't want to get you demonetized. No. Now we're getting, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to hold my hands up here, we're getting to some players that I haven't heard heard of, so we'll jump to Brad, 20-1, to um, Saudio Ranieri. No, no, just the, just the way it capitulated just showed you that he wouldn't be up for the mental task. Um. Ant at 20 to 1, Ruben Amiron. Oh, sorry, it was your choice, wasn't it? He, he yeah. Sorry, mate. I'm, sorry. Uh, imagine having that as a first choice and desperately having to go to Burnley for your second choice on a debate. <laughs> 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 I love you, really, mate. I love you, really. It's At least it's realistic. At least I don't think we're bad, sir. That is true, mate. That's true. 20 to 1, and Ralph Hussenhall. I, I actually do like him as a manager. Yeah. I just, I just don't think he's the right fit for Leicester. Right. Uh, and you may want to hide under your desk here because I'm going to in a minute. But uh, but Brad, at twenty five to one, John Terry. Hide your misses. Yeah, really. Get your misses out the ground, Gordon Bennett. I'd, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather have Frank Lampard. That's saying something. I detest him as man. I think he's awful. I think he's pathetically crap as a manager. And he has no, he's got no. No clue how to manage uh, doing something to himself inappropriately, let alone, you know, a football club. So, no, John Terry's a definite manager, don't you, Brad? Oh, yeah, they're great. There's so many successful stories with them. It's not like we haven't seen them all sat and fail. Uh-huh. Um, 25 to 1, same as John Terry and Thomas Tuchel. Mate, I'd take him in a heartbeat, but he would look at Leicester once and laugh, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I would, I would I have think him. Why, I think yeah. that's why his odds are so wide. Because I would, I'd agree. If his odds were high, I'd be, I, I'd, I'd hold my, you know, if he'd debated Thomas Tuchel, and you might have actually had a chance. You know, okay, I would have maybe even made defeat myself on that one because he's. A, yeah. I would take him, but his odds are that wide for a reason. Coming to you, uh, <laughs> you're getting all the good ones, um, and uh, Claude Puel is thirty-three to one. I'd have him back over Brendan. <laughs> um, uh, Brad, sorry, would you agree with that one? No, not at all. Because the one thing we really detest about Brendan is what was it we say? Oh, look, he's playing sidewards football. Who, who brought that to Leicester again? Was, was that was a Frenchman? Oh, it was Claude Powell. He made us boring and slow and frustrated. So at least Brandon knows how to get us going fast. He actually forward. didn't get us down to the bottom of the league, though. So. Oh, yeah, but, but Powell would do it in six games, not seven. But he did with St Etienne. Let's face well, it, St Etienne uh, relegated for the first time in however many years. Oh, yeah, I really mm. want to bring that guy back. No, no, no. I don't no, want I mean, to. 
like like before Chris clips this up and puts it on Twitter and makes me look like an absolute, you know. <laughs> I don't have the to do that. <laughs> but I preferred I preferred his football to what we're currently seeing. Did Ooh, you used to watch it Yeah, but we didn't concede six on a weekly basis, did we, under Lord Powell? No, but we barely scored six all season with him in charge as well because we couldn't get near their goal. That's true, that's true, that's true. <laughs> um, I mean, this is another thing when I said about Brendan going backwards. He came in, we started playing exciting football, he got Vardy scoring again, and that's <laughs> taking us backwards. But, um, 33 to 1 ant, Wayne Rooney. Rooney, I think we've got to get rid of Vardy before that happens. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Um, 33 to 1 as well. Um, Brad Martin O'Neill. I mean, unless there's a time machine back to the 90s and we can take that squad as played 90 style football, no, no, I agree with you about his assistant, John Robinson, not alongside him. It's like having Laurel without Hardy, isn't it? You can't have double out like that and not have the other one. I don't yeah. think it work. Oh, here's one for you at 66 to 1, and. Um, I, I I think this would, this would have been a good shout. Not uh, Alan Pardew, sixty six to one. He's in Greece, but we we like taking managers that have been managing in Greece, don't we? Of a certain breed, we'll keep Alan Pardew can keep enjoying his holiday there. He'd only come yeah. for a twenty year contract, though, wouldn't he? Um, and we, I'm ignoring Graham Potter because he's, he's, he's obviously. You know, he's too, Chelsea will sack him, but not not just yet. Duncan Ferguson, I think we mentioned him before with yourself, uh, Brad, 66-1. to 1. Yeah, no, no thanks. Again, an ex-player that was meh as a player as it was, um, didn't exactly install, you know, I remember when he was given the temporary role of Everton after like a game, weren't he? And everybody thought, he, yeah, they're going to fly up the table of him. He's the manager they need. He's got that nitty grit thing about him and they got rid of him as well so no thanks I'm all right these are the odds as today and I'm going to leave this to both of you so I'll go to Ant first 66 to 1 um Big Sam he'd keep us up would he he would but like every negative point that Brad had about Sean Dyche put that on steroids for Big Sam yeah sorry but yeah I think as Sam, as, as I said before, um, would I probably have to give him his contract in a brown paper envelope, and uh, <laughs> allegedly, uh, but he would want that longer contract because he said he was the one that was getting fed up with, you know, going in, saving a club, then getting the sack for somebody yeah. else. So you know, but well, the only thing we've agreed on today is that we don't agree on it. That's <laughs> very true. It, like I say, it is day 478 in the Big Brother house. We haven't yet devoted out um, uh, Brendan Rogers. I thought it was today. And you thought it was today, didn't you? You thought it was going to happen today. Yeah, but I've been thinking it's going to happen tomorrow for about the last 12 months. So, <laughs> Well, just the last, the last refresh on... Oh, I've, I've come off it. Where is it? Uh, Let's just have a look on Sky Sports and just see whether there is any news. I doubt there will be at half past ten at night, but that's just me being desperate. Um, 
No, Sky are just sticking with Tillemans. It's tough at Leicester, but I don't regret staying. Of course you don't, mate. You won't have them any uh, 100,000 a week and you're going to leave at the end of the season on a freebie and get a bigger wage because there's no transfer. So, of course, of course you don't regret it. Guys, thank you so very, very much. Ant, we'll come to you first. Um, where can people find you? So, Ant's Leicester fan channel... I'm trying to do daily streams. It's difficult at the moment because I'm so busy with work. But daily streams, match day vlogs and all of that kind of stuff. So come over, give us a subscribe. Very close to 4K. So any help I can get with that would be massively appreciated. No no problem at all. Make sure you get over there, guys. And, you know, like you say, a lot of pressure at work and the police. But let's not talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all the best mate thanks for coming on i have a feeling this is going to go on and on and on but uh fingers crossed all the best mate take care cheers see you later buddy brad where can people find you well on here obviously a lot of the time but uh, where else can people find you oops i pressed the wrong uh, button and for my next here we go. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Twitter handle at Full Time Focus. That's all one word. There's no hyphen or anything like that in the word Full Time. It's just Full Time Focus all at one. Uh, you can find me on Facebook by searching my name um, and this ugly mug. I stand out like a like a sore thumb. And you can find what you'll find on my Twitter page though is in the bio. You'll find a link to a YouTube channel called A Massive Opinion. It's a channel I've not long started up. Does that always as a Tim? latest topics talking about it and i have got a new show called top 10 battles coming up on there if you guys could check that out but it's not not done an episode yet but if you like top 10 things you will love what i'm bringing to the channel so just drop a subscribe on the channel if you haven't already but make sure you go and check this channel out first and Ant's channel uh, out and give them a subscribe if you're not already and yeah thanks for Chris, as always Thank you very much. Uh, I'll speak to you afterwards. There's something I just want to quickly say to you. But thanks very much, mate. Um, it's not required, is it? Because I, I, I signed a 10-year contract here. Everybody heard it. It's worth first. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years? Have you yeah. added no one to the end of that? Well, you said, uh, wait, it's because I told you on my CV my name was Jesus. That's why how long you thought I had left. Ah, <laughs> that was it. That was it. Okay, all the best. Speak to you soon. Take care. Speak to you soon, buddy. Cheers. Uh, thanks to the guys there. <laughs> what a discussion. What a discussion. Great thing is, we're still from the wiser, are we? Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, Anthony says, Andrew Villaboas, Chelsea old manager, not in a job. Yeah, oh, I'm not sure. I can't remember. He didn't do too bad, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think, it, I think it was at that time when they were going through the sack anybody at any time phase, which basically still are, let's be honest with you. Jay, good evening, sir. How the devil are you? Welcome along. Uh, you look, I don't think I've seen you before, so welcome along to the channel. Uh, give us a subscribe if you can, mate. Really do appreciate that and smash those likes. Uh, for me, my favourite appointment would be Poch, but don't think you would come, but would be a massive fan of Sean Dyche coming into the club. To be honest with you, that's <laughs> about what we've agreed on because one person was Poch, one person was Daesh. Uh, I was, I've still got the splinters up my arse, so um, we will wait and see. All we wanted to top, come on, make the decision. My big, and it is a big scare, this. We've got some, and no disrespect to these clubs because these clubs will be looking at Leicester and thinking they can beat Leicester. 
and I understand why. Because I would be, if I was at Forest, I'd be looking at this thinking, yeah, let's, let's bring it on. So I get that totally. But the games that we've got coming up, you know, we've got Forest, we've got Bournemouth, we've got Palace, we've got Leeds, we've got Wolves, um, we've got Newport in the cup. These are all winnable games. But are they winnable with Brenda in charge? That is the big question. Uh, Mike's in. Uh, evening, pal. Another loss. Pathetic. I mean, I've, I said before, mate, I do really seriously feel your pain. Uh, again, because you had a good season last season. Well, it started off well. Um, the Pizza Cup uh, is now, mate, compared to the league. Uh, but anyway, guys, thank you so much. Thanks to and um, thanks to Brad. Their links are in the chat below on YouTube. Be sure to go give them a, a, a subscribe. Please subscribe to me. We are growing. Be a bit, little bit slowly, but if you are subscribed, thank you so very much. Press the like, um, smash the like button because that really does help in us getting seen in more people's um, news feed and they're on YouTube. And then obviously the more that see us, hopefully the more that we'll say, oh, we'll subscribe, but we're going to have a look to that. So it really, really does help. But obviously also subscribe if you haven't. That is very, very much appreciated. If you are listening, um, he needs to go now. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. Um, if you've been listening on the podcast, thank you so much for lending me your ears. You can have them back now. Um, I do appreciate we're on all the, obviously the main podcast platforms. Two things you can do, as well as subscribing to this, go and follow our new radio station, which is basically football and music together. As we call it, our catch line, the ultimate blend of sport and music. Cheers, Dan. Um, <laughs> we, we, we mix the both. We'd, we'd had this conversation, me and Brad, earlier, but we were putting music for a bit of a laugh in there. Songs that, songs that Brendan might take on a desert island. Go your own way. <laughs> Things can only get better. I'll never get you know you get the gist. Uh, you can the best the quickest way to do that is mixcloud or one word mixcloud.com forward slash ltid radio. Uh, we've gone for the American thing of LTID and then radio. So please do go and give us a follow on that. It's not regular shows, they're posted up when we do it. Say not regular, see how we get on, of course. Uh, but it's a bit of a laugh, a bit of a joke, and we have a bit of a, a sing-along as well. We're going to be back tomorrow. It's quiz time. It's the Battle of the Claret and Blue as West Ham take on Burnley. Ooh. Can another 15-year-old get through? Sorry, Brad. Can another 15-year-old get through and wipe the floor with down? We will see. We will see tomorrow. Guys, I can say to everybody in the chat, too many to mention tonight. Thank you very, very much. Please smash the likes if you've enjoyed it. Please tell your friends. And obviously, do subscribe if you haven't. And I will see you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock for the quiz. I'm going to go off and set some questions now. Oh, good night. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. This week's episode has come to an end. But the fun doesn't have to stop here. If you have any questions, suggestions or feedback, head over right now to Twitter and Facebook and like, share and get involved. Join us next time.
thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You'd better like them too or I'll be back. Lester Till I Die TV. They think it's all over. It is now. Sports Social Podcast Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.